G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. When it came to a crunch point, I felt like I just couldn't do it anymore. I felt like I'd tried everything I knew how to do and Peter just wasn't cooperating in the marriage and I felt like he doesn't really want to be in this marriage anymore and I had nothing left to give. So I asked him to leave and I really wasn't contemplating getting back together. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Peter and Lynn Menhennant have been involved in marriage ministry for over 30 years. They've done everything from speaking at marriage conferences to coaching couples one-on-one. So, it's surprising to hear that at one point in their marriage, they were on the brink of divorce. They had been separated for weeks, and from the outside, it looked like their marriage was over. But, as we'll hear... The Lord was working on Lynn's heart and something remarkable occurred. Peter and Lynn are having a chat and sharing their story with Eric Scatterbo and his wife, Jean. Well, we actually went to the same school, high school together. We were in a year 11 class. We didn't really know each other then. I thought he was a bit of a larrikin and I didn't take a lot of notice of him back then. Mm. I used to look at Lynn and her girlfriend. They were really beautiful, especially Lynn. But I thought they were a pair of snobs and <laughs> I never ever thought she'd take a second look at me. Oh. We just want to begin by thanking you for your honesty today. <laughs> well, I wasn't a snob at all. I was actually, it's just that he was beneath me. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty again. <laughs> and we really didn't know each other then, but yeah. when we were about 20, mm-hmm. we met up again at a church picnic and I had just broken off an engagement And I saw him this time with new eyes. Mm. I didn't even really know who he was. And Mm. I got myself introduced to him. And we went for a walk in the forest with some other people. And I thought, this is a really nice man. Mm. He's a cute guy. And he asked me out. And on our first date, we fell madly in love. And we were engaged four months after that and married four months after that. So eight months from our first date to getting married. Now, there's an expression, marry in haste, repent at leisure. (laughs) (laughs) And that's certainly what the experience turned out to be for me anyway. I'd been raised on a diet of the real fantasy, fairy tale, live happily ever after expectations. And I really thought that's what marriage would be. But it turned out, after a couple of years, it started to turn out to be a bit of a nightmare Mm. and not a dream come true. The first two years were just so much fun. We were playing house and Mm. having an absolutely amazing time doing it. But then responsibilities started to creep in. Mm. A mortgage, a baby, work. And I was a, a workaholic and I wanted to achieve great success in mm. work and I started spending a lot of my time doing that and socialising with clients, which meant staying out late at night, frequently drinking to excess 
and just not caring for my wife and my child mm-hmm. and my second and, and also third child. It was a downhill run as far as my life was concerned. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we didn't know anything about marriage or marriage skills. As a lot of people don't have skills. When they get married, they just get married by feelings. Mm. And that's certainly mm-hmm. what we did. We got married by feelings. Oh, and they were great feelings. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, were. Of course, you're in love. Yeah. Oh, romantic. Yeah. Oh, or as fantastic. some people wisely put it, that, that we fell in lust, not mm. falling in love. And I think mm. often that's what it is, mm-hmm. strong physical attraction. Mm. We didn't really know each other. And because I'd had such a good role model in my parents, mm. I really thought it would just automatically turn out like that for us. Because yes. mm. my parents never talked to me about what they had to do behind yes, closed yes, doors in order things, to make yeah. their marriage work. Mm. Right. I just saw it working. And nobody learns in school. They don't teach kids in high school how to resolve conflict or how to communicate. And we just expect people will know how to do it. And we didn't know how to do it. And I don't think I ever properly confronted Peter's behaviour in a way that would cause him to reevaluate what he was doing. Mm. I just kept getting more and more disillusioned, mm. more and more hurt, more and more disappointed. Distant? Yep. And I would confront him every time he mm. would come home at two o'clock in the morning mm. and lie to me about where he'd been and what he'd been doing. Mm. Our pattern developed that... He would do the wrong thing. He would come home. I would get angry and confront him. He would then get even more angry, big and loud, and make me back off. And somehow, strangely, I would always end up feeling guilty. Mm. So I had caused my husband to become angry when he was the one that was doing the wrong thing. Mm. So we didn't really have any idea what to do. My life at that stage was totally centred around my work Mm -hmm. I wanted to succeed in the world and I kept changing uh, employers Mm. but climbing the ladder all the time and I ended up being very very successful at quite a young age Mm. at 32 an extremely responsible job uh, one of the best potential jobs in the country perhaps Mm. but I blew it Mm. totally and utterly and about three years before this time, Lynn became a Christian. And that's where things started to change for her. They changed for me dramatically uh, after that three years of her being a Christian when I was fired from this fantastic job. And I'd lost everything, mm-hmm. my career, my reputation, but worst of all was the loss, potential loss, of my wife and my children. Okay, okay. And that really set me back on my heels. Yeah. At that stage, Lynn said... Peter, I've had enough. I want you to leave. And I did. They were dark days. Yeah, it's interesting. You said that your goal was to be the best that you can be with your job and continue to work. But it's interesting that after you lost your job, what mattered at that moment was your family and not your job. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. And I think that was God starting that work during that time for you. You know what I think is really sad about that, Jean? We see that with a lot of couples, that it takes a crisis Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the potential loss of a family before some people will evaluate what's important. Mm -hmm, And often mm -hmm. it's too late. Mm -hmm. 
often the it's relationship true. is dead and yeah. the love has died mm-hmm. and the person has given up. Mm-hmm. And it's tragic that, and it's often the man because mm-hmm. he's poured himself into career and he can even justify it to himself and yeah. say, I'm doing it for the family. Mm-hmm. All right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, as guys, we're typically task oriented. So yeah. on one hand, you're feeling good because you're achieving the task. You wanted mm-hmm. to have financial success and career success and you achieve that. Mm-hmm. Tick that box off you got that but yet that's not what fulfillment in life is all about and then so you went from the height to the depths very suddenly and as you mentioned almost losing all that uh, financially and then maybe the children and your wife what was going on in your mind Lynn at that point well I just felt like he wasn't committed to the relationship Mm -hmm. I I had been very committed to the relationship and I'd never contemplated divorce. It's interesting, Billy Graham's wife was once asked, had she ever considered divorce? And she said, no, murder, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to admit, it's an ugly thing to have to mm. admit, but one night when I was waiting at 3 o'clock in the morning for my husband to come home for dinner at mm. 7 o'clock and not being able to contact him, not knowing where he was, mm-hmm. I remember looking out the window and thinking, maybe he's had an accident. Maybe he's had an accident. (laughs) And I thought, wouldn't that be a great solution to my dilemma? I wouldn't have to divorce him. It Mm. would all be very tragic. I wouldn't have to admit to what was going on in Mm. my marriage. Mm. And it would be a way out. Interesting. But, I mean, that kind of tells the depth of the relationship at that point. That very, very low point in your marriage. Mm. But as Peter shared, you became a Christian. And how did that affect the relationship? Well, yes, I had been a Christian for a couple of years before our marriage reached a crisis. Reached the real crunch point after 13 years of marriage Mm -hmm. and three children. So I'd hung in there a long time, Mm -hmm. not knowing what to do differently. Mm -hmm. And then when I became a Christian, I did a, a course on Christian womanhood and I tried putting into practice all of the things that they suggested and yes. it did improve it mm-hmm. from the point of view that I felt like I was doing the right thing yes. and I had a lot more peace mm-hmm. in my own heart but it wasn't changing anything. Mm-hmm. It appeared mm-hmm. to go a little better on the surface but the problems were a lot deeper than that. They were systemic problems yeah. and they were spiritual problems and they could only be resolved by really being cleaned right out, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just having a band-aid put on it that's right that's right. and when it came to a crunch point i felt like i just couldn't do it anymore i felt like i'd tried everything i knew how to do and peter just wasn't cooperating in the marriage and mm-hmm. i felt like he doesn't really want to be in this marriage anymore and i had nothing left to give so i asked him to leave and i really wasn't contemplating getting back together at that mm-hmm. point You're listening to The Story. Today, Peter and Lynn Menhennant are chatting with Eric Scadabo and his wife, Jean. As we've been hearing, at this point in their story, their marriage is on the rocks and they are on the brink of divorce. We'll hear how God turns the whole situation around when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Peter and Lynn Manhannett sharing their story with Eric and Jean Scadabo. Before the break, we heard how Peter and Lynn's marriage had sunk so low that Lynn had asked Peter to leave, with the thought that their marriage was over. Now we'll find out what Peter was thinking at the time. It was a fascinating part of my life because at that point I had to realise that my job, my income and all of those things meant nothing. I ended up dropping from a really high and powerful position to packing foam coffee cups in a factory at night. Oh, really? Wow. Wow. That was a come down. That's good. But (laughs) it was a job. Yes. I was fulfilling. Yeah, that's right. Fulfilling my work to earn some money to eat, to live. Mm -hmm. The thing I desperately wanted uh, was my wife and my children Mm -hmm. back. Yes. And it was only through spiritual intervention that that actually happened. Mm. That night I'll always remember I'd been away from home for some time and Lynn asked me to come around and talk to her. She wanted to ask me a number of questions and she wanted the truth for a change. Mm. I used to lie an awful lot. And so I went around there to my home where she lived and I didn't. (laughs) And I sat down and it was like 20 questions with your life at stake. Hmm. And I think Lynn knew most of the answers to the questions before she asked them, but she wanted to hear the truth from me for a change. So I asked the questions she did and answered them I did. And an amazing thing happened that night. God stepped into my life in a way that I could never have imagined where lots of nasty things from my past surfaced. They were dealt with. And Lynn called some friends to come around and pray for me. And they gave me a challenge that night. They said, look, Peter, you've been living life your way. We suggest you should try living it God's way because that will work. And I knew deep down in my heart that my way didn't work. Look hmm. at where it had led me. Right, yes. right. Out in the streets, in effect. Mm-hmm. And I realised that God's way was the right way. Now, I'd seen Christianity surfacing in Lynn. I'd been to church. It was the right thing for a successful young businessman to do. Mm. But it was purely a social type thing that I hmm. went to church. But God stepped in that night and I admitted I was wrong. I'd been doing it my way and I should have been doing it God's way. Mm. And that night I accepted Christ as my Saviour and my Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. Best night of my life. Yes. Really was. And things have been different ever since. The thing that I found really difficult was to accept that God could forgive my sins. Mm. I knew what I'd done. I knew how bad I'd been. And I thought, hmm. Maybe God couldn't forgive such a an, a bad person as this. But he expressed his forgiveness to me in a way that was miraculous and life-changing. Mm. Lynn came over to me, put her arms around me and hugged me. That was a great step forward. But secondly, she said, look, God's forgiven me for my sins. And because he's done that, he's asked me to forgive you. So her words were, I forgive you for everything that I know you've done 
and everything that I don't know about. Mm. There's probably lots more of that than the other. And she said, I forgive you and I promise to never rub your nose in any of those things ever again. Mm. I was absolutely flabbergasted. Here was a woman I just absolutely adored forgiving me. And then she said something even more wonderful. She said, will you come back home tonight? Mm. Mm. And our life picked up from that moment on. And it was only through the involvement of Jesus Christ, yes. my acceptance of him. Lynn had already accepted him. Mm-hmm. But we accepted him together and we were prepared to step out in faith and do life God's way. And I'm so pleased we had that opportunity yes. because our life has never looked back ever. I always feel somewhat overwhelmed hearing Peter talk about that because it makes me sound like some kind of super saint Mm. that I was able to just, oh yeah, I'll forgive you and that's the end of it. But it had been quite a process for me to get to that point. I really wasn't in the market for forgiving him and giving him a second chance at all. Uh, But the people that had led me to know the Lord had counseled me at that time and said, we really think that God can do something with Peter's life if you'll give him a second chance. Well, at that point, I said, I'm not willing to do that. Mm. I'm so hurt. I just feel like I want to punish him. I want to Mm -hmm. pay him back. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. want to give him a second chance. Mm -hmm. For all the things he's done to me, he needs to suffer. (laughs) (laughs) Just like I suffered. Vindictive woman. And they said, all right, we understand that. Could you pray that God would make you willing to be made willing Mm, to give him a second chance? And that threw me. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. And Mm. I thought, well... That sounds a little bit safer. There's two willings in there, so there's a bit of a safe distance there. So I I agreed to do that. So Mm. I literally did it with my fists clenched and my teeth gritted. Mm. And I'd pray, God, make me willing to... Be willing to forgive this man that doesn't deserve it. Mm. (laughs) Very spiritual. Yeah, yeah. But something that we've learned over the years is that when you set your will in a direction to follow God... The feelings eventually line up. Mm-hmm. When we act on our feelings, it's so unbalanced That's because right. our feelings go up and down yes. mm-hmm. yeah. and so unreliable. And how I feel today, I might feel I can forgive today, but I've got indigestion tomorrow. I can't feel like I want to forgive you. Mm-hmm. And as I prayed that prayer and set my will to do what God wanted, I found I actually began to soften. Mm. I could drop one of those willings Mm. and actually pray, God, make me willing. Mm. And then, okay, God, I am willing now. And it took some time to do that. And that's how I got to the place where I could actually say that. And these same friends said, and then you need to act in love towards him because I had no love left. The love was gone. And I said, I'm not going to act as though I'm in love with him. And they said, no, we're not suggesting you put on an act. We're suggesting you act in a loving manner, Mm. that you do the things a loving person would do. And that's obedience to God. Mm. And it will also help your feelings to line up with your will. And that was amazing, Mm. but it did work Mm. as I began to act in his best interest. I didn't get all lovey-dovey and all Mm. mushy-mushy because I didn't feel like that. But I began to act in his best interest and it culminated in that night that he's talked about where I could genuinely, from my heart, forgive him and say, come back home, Mm. let's try again. But it didn't automatically fix all the problems Mm. just because we did that. We still had a lot of things, bad habits to unlearn, 
new patterns to establish. Trust had been broken. Mm. Trust was a very big thing for us. That was the biggest issue of all. The biggest single issue of all was trust. Mm. Mm -hmm. There were lots of other things we had to work on, but they were relatively easy, like changing habits, changing the way we related to one another. Mm -hmm. Just a little practice, and that worked out well. Mm -hmm. It took quite a while, though. But trust probably took several years mm. to be fully re-established and I had to be very, very sensitive to building that trust back up. If I went five or six months without a fault and then did one small thing that could damage trust, the balance in the trust account went back to zero. Mm. Didn't go down one or two points, right back to zero. Mm. And I'd have to rebuild again. And if after another year I made a mistake of some sort because I hadn't thought carefully enough, back would go the trust balance. So several years of very mm. hard work. Lynn grew to love me more and more during that time, mm. and I her. But trust was mm. the most important thing. I had so badly destroyed any trust she yeah. had in me in mm. the previous 13 years. I really had to build trust in a huge way that mm. I I couldn't have ever imagined if anyone had said it's going to take you all this time and effort mm. to do it I would have died at the thought <laughs> it was so hard but it is so valuable yes mm. we have implicit trust in one another now yeah. oh, that's in everything mm -hmm. Lord. and that makes our life mm. just wonderful. Yeah. Well, well, unfortunately, we're starting to run out of time, but we just want to thank you so much for being so transparent and, and honestly sharing with us the struggles that you've been through. But what a wonderful journey that mm. through those depths, the Lord could raise up such a strong marriage. And now how many years since then has it been? Well, we've been married 39 years now. Wow. 39. I was only five when we got married. <laughs> okay, yeah, yes, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> we've, had 20, we've had 26 years. Since uh, your conversion? Since my conversion, uh, 26 years. But God does things in amazing ways. He brought us back together. He gave us the ability to, to live and love together. Uh, he's given us three beautiful children. And he's called us into marriage ministry. That's right. That's the rest and, of the story. <laughs> yeah. And it's only God who can make a marble tower out of mud and manure. Amen. And Amen. I know Beautiful. I gave him lots of raw material. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly, what are you up to now? What are you up to these days? We speak at seminars, one-day seminars across the country. And we have just a wonderful time working together in marriage mm. for the Lord. Mm. and with one another. Amen. We also enjoy preparing couples for marriage mm. and we counsel couples and we feel like the scripture that says to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. Yeah. God's given us such a, a wonderful blessing in our yeah. marriage that Amen. we feel like uh, it's our obligation mm -hmm. to give back to others in mm. that area and we just feel like we have been given such a unique relationship, but yeah. others can have it too. Like when yeah. we're nothing different or special, yeah. other people can have it too. But That's right. They yeah. need to be committed to the process. Yes. Some, pe some people have said that we have a storybook marriage. Well, we do, mm. but it's God's storybook. Story Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Wow. Who Amen. would have thought that in the depths of 
your challenges and the low point of your marriage that one day, years down the line, you would be actually counseling mm. people to have a strong marriage. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's completely yes. turning the story around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nothing is wasted in his plan. Yes. It's beautiful how yeah. he does that. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jean, for what we have now, I would go back there and do it all again mm. to have what we have now. Mm. Mm. I'm sure God would have preferred we do it the easy way, but we mm. always choose the yes. hard way, don't we? Humanly, yeah. So that's <laughs> me. So if I understand you, you needed to go through this valley Absolutely. to get to where you are today, to the strong marriage that you have now. Well, yeah. Peter had so much in his background that needed to surface and be dealt with. Mm. And to be perfectly honest, I had so much pride and mm. self-righteousness in my life mm. that the only way God could deal with that was through a crisis mm. and through suffering. Mm. And I'm so grateful for Amen. that. He hates pride. And, and when you see it in yourself, it is so ugly. It's ugly. Mm. Mm. Very ugly. Just yeah. as bad as any of the things Peter was doing. Yeah. My pride mm. and self-righteousness. Sinister, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. And the Bible talks about the refining fire of God. Mm. Mm -hmm. And refining fire is pretty scary and very (laughs) tough, but it produces something strong and healthy and pure and right. Amen. So we went through that, Mm. and I'm so pleased that we did. That was Peter and Lynn Manhennant sharing their story with Eric and Jean Scadabo. And what a wonderful story they have of a marriage being restored after being on the brink of divorce. But not only has their marriage been restored, but they have faithfully been helping other couples for over 30 years by speaking at marriage conferences and meeting with couples one-on-one to help them with marriage preparation. What a fantastic legacy they're leaving behind. You can learn more about the marriage conferences they've been speaking at for years by going to the website Power to Change dot org dot au slash families that's power to change dot org dot au slash families there you can also find helpful marriage resources well thanks for joining us for peter and lynn's encouraging story i'm jimmy colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today next time on the story my brother he was religious and i didn't think he was very cool at all so i avoided him in case he talked to me about Christian things. (laughs) I was really not very nice to him, actually. But anyway, uh, so I went into the hospital to see him with my mum, and uh, there was some discussion. I don't remember much what we talked about, but I do remember coming down the staircase of the hospital and saying to my mum, I have a feeling that my brother's going to die. Janet and Warren Thayer from Perth met at her brother Adrian's funeral, and it would change the direction of both of their lives in more ways than one. We'll find out the unexpected positive impact of this otherwise tragic event next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.